Lord God, thank you that you make it clear to us uh, what it will be like when Jesus returns and, uh, and how to get ready for, for that day. Uh, so thank you that you make it clear in your words. And um, I pray that we would be um, ready to listen as we come to your word this evening. Amen. Amen. For it will be like a man going on a journey, said Jesus, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I had no seed? Huh, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But I'm going to press the pause button there and we'll let the children go. Right, welcome Charlie. Thank you Rob for praying. We're all here 
Matthew 25 and verses 14 to 30. Let me start with the question. What would you like to achieve in life? Would you have your answer shaped by a general ambition to make life better? Or would your answer be shaped by a specific event? Where you are getting ready for something to happen. Let me give you an example. Two men going to work on Monday morning. One does his job well, expecting to be promoted. That's a general ambition. But the other one goes to work and he is getting married in six months' time. And he has to save up a lot of money. Which will work harder? The one with the general ambition or the one with a very specific event? When you have an event in front of you, when you know something will definitely happen soon, everything is focused on that. And for Christians, the big event that we are focused on is that Jesus will come back. He really will. And in our passage it says that in verse 19. The master came. And that event changes our lives. It's not that we stop living normal lives and become weird. But as we live normal lives, we live for this event. Which means we live normal life, but with his priorities. Now the reason Jesus is telling this story here 
is that he is getting near to the end of his life. He will go away like the master will leave his servants. And the big message is he is coming back. So what should we be doing in Beckentry Church? Try and keep awake, Faramaz. Uh, what we should be doing in, Be- Be- in Beckentry Church when he is away? <coughs> First, we will think about our job. Then we will think about God's generosity. And lastly, we will think about his joy. First, let us think about the master's job. You, you can see he wants them to make a profit in this story. We know that because when they make a profit, he says, well done. In verse 21 and in verse 23. The last three verses of Matthew's Gospel tell us what our job is. So read uh, uh, Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 to 20. You got that? Um, I'll read it for the tape. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The job that we have is to make disciples. Friends in our church, we must get it clear this is our job before Jesus comes back. This is the job where we will give an account to him. 
این یک شغلی هستش که ما بیشتر به کاری ایسامسی ارزش قائل میشیم کاری که اون انجام داد بر ما What have we done for him in this area? چه کاری ما برای ایسامسی تو این دانی انجام دادیم At your funeral people will say how you have done good things in many areas توی کسی که مراسم تشریج نازشه میگن که اون شخص چه شخص خوبی بود خیلی کارهای خوب تو خیلی ناهیه های زندگیش قسمت های مختلف زندگیش انجام داد But really at your funeral only one achievement matters ولی توی این مراسم تشریج نازشه فقط یک مسئله هستش که مهمه What have you done to achieve a profit in helping people to become disciples. That is the master's job before he comes back. We still live normal lives, working in different jobs. But in those different jobs, we want to do the master's job of making disciples. Doing everything we can to help people to become Christians. So that is the master's job. Now let's look at the master's generosity. Because how you live as a Christian depends on only one thing. Whether you think the master is generous. The servant who did nothing thought that the master was bad. اون کسی که سروند مثلا مثل مثل ارباب و بنده هستش که اون بنده ای که هیچ کاری انجام نداده فکر میکنه که استادش بده In verse 24 he thinks the master is not generous he only wants to take توی آیه 24 فکر میکنه که اربابش you reap where you did not sow you gathered where you scattered no seed this is a master who is not generous in his mind and without thinking his master is generous 
he did nothing. He hid the money and then he gave it back. It's like the man who said, I kept my faith, I did not lose it. But the truth is, he didn't make a profit with it either. Whereas the other people have a very different view of the Master. The first two men think he is very generous. And he is generous. The one talent that he gave them is worth a million pounds. I think in the Farsi Bible it talks about a bag of gold. One million means a very big bag of gold. In English Bible, the word is one talent. Therefore, to give away five talents is to be very generous. They think he has been very generous and he certainly, as a master, gives more than more pe- most people would give their servants. The question is, what exactly is he giving people? People say that he is giving people different abilities, different skills, different gifts. Some people have many gifts and some people have few. But I don't think that is actually what it says. Because he gives to each person according to what gifts they have already in verse 15. They already have abilities, they are different. So what he is giving them is something that is different to an ability. What he is giving each servant is the gospel. And 
what the gospel is, is news that God is generous. The message about Jesus is simply that God is generous to you. He has given his life to pay for you to come out of death. So you can live for him. In the old days, there used to be slave markets. Slaves would be for sale. Think of yourself in that position. And a master can come and buy you and abuse you and maybe even kill you. But the Bible tells us that Jesus is like the man who comes into the slave market. And he pays top price for you. The value of his life he pays for you. <coughs> to buy you out of slavery to those masters. <coughs> and to set you free to serve him. He is a very generous master to do that. And it's even more than that if you look at verse 14. He may be calling people his servants. But if you look at verse 14, he is giving them his property. What is the property I can say here? Property in because in first in verse 14. What is it? What What does it say in verse 14? Someone read verse 14 in Farsi. In English, it means verse 14. Verse 14, someone read in Farsi. You understand? Yeah. Good. Okay. So he gives the property so that people will be filled with generosity. 
understanding of his generosity. So what they will be talking to people about is the great generosity they have been given. Wanting them to come to the master and experience it too. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> you can tell that they are excited that the master is generous. Because they straight away rush to do work with what he has given. In verse 16 and verse 17, they went at once and used their talents. I want to suggest that the five-talent man is the one who understood about God's generosity the most. Maybe he has understood how big God's generosity is from the Bible. The two-talent man has maybe a smaller view of God's generosity. He still understands God is very generous. But the one talent man also understands God is generous. It may be less of a view of God's generosity, but it is enough. But instead, he chooses to think God is not generous. How you think about God determines whether you will make a profit in your life. How much you will want other people to experience his generosity as well. And then let me say something about the master's joy. In verse 23, I think there are two joys. The first joy is to hear one day the God of the universe saying, well done to you. 
خداوند که تمام کهکشنان تو وجود آورده به شما بگه واقعا کار خوبی انجام دادید آفرین Imagine what it is like to hear God say that to you. You wake up every morning remembering what he said. Your mind will keep replaying that moment. Whatever you have achieved in life is less important. But he says that you have lived your life well. If you've made this profit for him. But I think you can understand the joy of the master in another way as well. Joy, God is the happiest being in the universe. I know he hates suffering. But he knows how to use it. And he knows how to stop it. And when he will stop it. Therefore, suffering never takes God's joy away from him. And just think of this. One day, God's level of joy will be your level of joy. You will enter into the joy of the Lord. This is never something that you will find in the Quran. Where all you have is threat. The Bible talks about coming into the joy of God himself. Now my friends, if we have the gospel, but are really looking for our joys in other things, then verse 30 tells us we are heading for unbelievable darkness. 30. It is possible to know God is generous. 
It is possible to have the gospel. And it is possible yet to enter uh, God's uh, uh, darkness. So what can we learn for today? Let me describe three different types of people. First, it may be a person who does not know about God because they have not had the chance to find out. Maybe this person has never been to church. And they might be thinking, how might this story help me? Simply in this way, please be careful how you think about God. Just think of him as being very generous. Put yourself in that slave market. And think about this master paying a very high price, even his own life. To buy you and make you his own. Live this new life with Jesus, being amazed at the generosity of God. And make it known to others. Maybe you have been to church many times. You are not like the first man. You are much more advanced. You know about God's generosity. You have sung songs about it. But can you see that the man with the one talent could also have sung songs about God's generosity. But he ended up in outer darkness. He may have been busy with many other things, he didn't lose his faith but he has been lazy with the gospel 
ولی در مورد کتاب انجیل خیلی تنبل بود یعنی اصلا نمیخوند اهمیت نمیداد which shows that he doesn't really think God is generous و این نشون میده که این فکر نمیکنه که خداوند واقعا بخشنده است and he is really therefore like any unbeliever مثل اون شخصیه که ایمان نداره or what about the third man I now want to describe a real believer you know God is generous you want to make a profit for him can you see how easy it is to live to make a profit for God. All this man had to do was to put his money in the bank. God never gives us impossible things to do. In the smallest of ways we can make a profit for him. In the smallest of ways we can show others that he is generous. In the way that we relate to him. In the way that we might be generous like him. And in the way that we might simply tell other people how generous he has been to us. Simple ways, easy ways. But we are passing on the news of God's generosity to others. And that is what it will be our joy to do. Because we have this event in front of us. Jesus is coming back. His generosity is huge. His joy will be yours. So therefore let's ask him that through us that joy and that generosity will be experienced by others. Now we'll stop there and why don't we spend one minute talking to God quietly maybe ask God to help you to fill your mind with his generosity
از خداوند مثلا بخواهیم که اصلا ذهنتون رو با بخشندگی که داره پر بکنه Maybe ask him to get his job clear in your mind. It may be you might ask him to enlarge your view about his future. Not a future that is uncertain. But a future that is filled with his joy in your heart. Let's pray that God will help us. One minute quietly and then I will finish by praying. Uh, Our Father, we do want to thank you that uh, you are so generous. Please, if there is one thing we do next week, help us to make that generosity known to people who do not yet know you. Even in the smallest ways, help us to do that. And keep us living for that future event. When you will return and we will be filled with your joy. Amen. Amen.